Welcome to Discover Indie Film. I'm Jeff Howard, and I've got Jamie Parslow here with me in person. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I I say in person because sometimes these are Zoom, (laughs) and when it's Zoom, I apologize for audio quality in advance, and I blame the Zoom Corporation. Now I got to admit, if it doesn't sound good, it's my fault, because (laughs) Jamie came to my home, and we are recording, and the reason we're recording this podcast is you made the film Black Hole. Mm -hmm. In fact, I imagine you did more than just write and direct, but you were listed as writer and director. It is... Such a great film. I did watch it again today, but Black Hole played Film Invasion Los Angeles in 2022. And I'm going to list off the award. Outstanding short film sci-fi, outstanding screenplay sci-fi for you as the writer, and outstanding performance by an individual for Aaron Moorhead, yeah. which is funny. I didn't remember that. And after watching the film again this morning, <laughs> I was like, man, it's such a good performance. Uh-huh. And then I saw, oh, it got best in performance for an individual. And I'm like... Right on, yeah, jury. That's great. Yeah, sometimes jury gets right. So so golf clap for, for Jamie and his film Black Hall. It's just, it'll forever be one of my favorites. And I guarantee it's also one of those films that anyone who was there at Film Invasion LA that night, like would if I just said, the remember Black Hole? They'd be like, <laughs> of course I remember. Like, like it's right. just, because it's so original and so unique. Which is funny, because like the, the name is not original at all. And like, I, we, oh my God, I poured over the name for so long and i was so mad at myself that we were like ah oh, that's the best we can come up with but it made it made all the sense in the world so it does it works so well for yeah. the film i understand you because lord knows like like because i'm involved in two film festivals <laughs> people come to me with like they're like here's like our rough cut and i'm like great but is that really going to be your title cuz i typed it into imdb and there's 117 right. Yes. Films with that name. That was our problem, or that was my problem with it. It's, we were trying to come up with something more poetic or more, I don't know, prescient or something, and it's just like, like, nah, that's what this is. We can't figure it out. It, it totally works. Yeah. It totally it's works. Great. And uh, people can watch it on Dust? Yeah, they can watch it on Dust. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, that's, there's nothing more than to say about that. They can watch it on Dust or... You know, if you find my website or something like that, you can watch it there through my website. But for the most part, just go to Dust. And, 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 and Dust is like the home of like the best sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not super familiar with it, but I have a friend who's like a very high up digital animator. And he was like, oh, it's on Dust? Ah, Dust is good. Yeah. So yeah. it's got some really great uh, short films on there. Mostly, it's, I think it's all short films. I think that they dive into feature films and, and pilots and stuff like that every once in a while, but I don't think that that's sort of their their forte. Is it is it a streaming service or, or website? Uh, YouTube. It's, uh, it's a, oh, so, so it's like oh, so it's like Amaletto. Right. No, exactly. But yeah. but with a sci-fi. Yeah, it's a dust and alter, and alter is the other side, the horror side of it. So oh, um, very they, cool. Yeah, they're very cool, and they're very nice people. I, so I, people should just go to YouTube and type in black hole dust. And it'll come up? Yeah, well, yeah, I hope so, because there's also another black hole on dust. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that was kind of the... That's, Do they have your name on it? Should they type in Jamie? They should probably ty- type in my name. All right. Or, or go to the show notes. I promise I'll have Jamie email me the link, and we'll have a link in the show notes, because you should watch Jamie's black hole. Maybe the other black hole is good, too, if it passed, Oh, it's very good. If it passed the yeah. dust. Uh, Two different co- concepts. Completely different excellent. concepts. Yeah. I was actually watching it again, I mean, because it's... Um, I'm just really impressed with the dust people that they embraced it because it's not hard sci-fi, no. right? It, it's very, it's it's really much more. Well, That's we'll get we'll get yeah. to it, but but it's it's almost like more like a tone poem yep. and a 
and an art film and very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which which a lot of those things sometimes sci-fi freaks may not appreciate. No. No, sometimes they don't. Uh, sometimes they do, depending on you know the, the level of corniness or cheesiness. I, I think that we did a really good balance of actually like hitting real like uh, comedy, mostly through the edit and mostly through the performance. And I think that that's what we were really trying to get at. We weren't trying to pull gags or, or do anything crazy like that. Even though there's like you know cat stuff and and um, some there's there's know, some very it, funny it, stuff <laughs> in there, but there's also the the. There's, well, we'll talk about it when we get there, I guess. But uh, I, I just—it is a multi-dimensional film, and it's got a lot of depth and 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 a lot of meaning. So that's yeah. so I'm just I'm just trying to give a golf clap to Dust, even though I would have loved for them to like pass on it so it could be on Discovery Indie Film. But it's cool. I know I, know. I, I can dig it. I I'm I'm happy for you. I wish I could. I wish I could give that out. I have another film if you want it. That would be super interesting. It's an oh. older film, but it's still sci-fi. So it's send it over. So, yeah. Send it over. It's all good. It's fun. I I trust you. It's a robot movie. It's great. It's, robots. It's also, it's also soft soft sci-fi. It's really fun. Robots are cool. If you can't tell, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I do love sci-fi, but I'm way more Doctor Who than Ooh, than than Star Trek. I feel that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. I like Star Trek a lot. Yeah, but Doctor Who is. Yeah, that 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 fun sci-fi fantasy world is really great. But there's always now here we are talking about Doctor. But like no, but Black Hole has, and I'm sure you know which part it is. Black Hole has a part that really strikes me emotionally, right? Makes me yes. gives me grown-up feelings, nice. which I think all repressed people need help feeling their feelings. So mm-hmm. it's, that's what art's about. And like, I oh, man, I will get weepy during Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, same. And that's uh, maybe that's there's a little bit of that like that influence in there because you know obviously the 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 doctor and vincent is probably the best episode of of doctor who in my in my personal opinion um but uh, that's the one i started with that that anytime i tell somebody go watch doctor who i'm like here you go doctor and vince or you know vincent and the doctor or whatever whichever the way that works and i will cry like a baby every single time watching that i if i go too long without seeing it i cry during the damn theme song oh because it's just so unique, and yeah. and and I started watching it in the seventies, I oh, guess. Like yeah. Tom, ba- I'm a, yeah. I'm a so like Tom Baker, you're like an, an OG, who, yeah. So like you just hear that theme, and you're like, it just reminds me of being like a kid who just saw the world yeah. is full of wonder. That's really lovely. That's a great, what a great show. I'm I'm glad it's still around. Uh, I you know I'm, I probably haven't watched it in a little while, but uh, every once in a while I go back, and I'm like, oh right, I love this feeling. It's amazing that it's held up. Yeah, and, and I loved. Jody Whitaker is the doctor, mm-hmm. and I'm really uh, looking forward to the next guy because oh, he's wonderful too. Uh, in, in, uh, what is it? In uh, Ingata? Well, yeah, I can't. I, mean, I, I can't remember. The, so but from names. Sex Education, he's yeah, wonderful. Very, and very he's good. so good. Also in Barbie, um, uh, in Kurigawa, that's his name. Excellent. Yeah, I should cool. learn that. I'm gonna learn. <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn it because you know you got to know all the doctors' names. He's a good guy. Yeah. Well, I excellent. Well, now we've covered Doctor Who. Wonderful. I will like you for the rest of my life because you like Doctor Lovely. Who. Lovely. Same. So now we'll talk about you. Okay. Because people will go to the show notes to watch Black Hole. So I warned you I was just going to ask you what got you interested in the creative arts, visual arts, film. Uh, what got you hooked on this that, that you work a full-time job with your life? I <laughs> yeah. learned that already. We don't have to talk about the job job. Sure. But then, you know, boy, to work, to have a full-time job and make films on the... St- yeah. That, that, I mean, that to me, that's... The definition of passion. Yeah, uh, I think that that's where it starts. All you know, generally, is just like nothing but nothing but pure passion. I, 
I don't know. Um, I grew up in Florida. I grew up in Tampa. Um, I didn't really, we didn't have an ecosystem of movies and, and TV or writing or any of that stuff. I actually grew up in trailers uh, mostly. And I think my mother told me that the first year of our life, or my life, not hers, obviously, um, I didn't have like, we didn't have like running water and I had to be bathed in like a, or like electricity and we had to be bathed in like a whatever. So I didn't have access to, um, uh, we didn't have access to, to, that world. All I knew is that, so my grandparents would just watch, and I practically lived with my grandparents, um, for a long time, but they would just watch old, older movies, TCM or whatever was going on, uh, at the time, a lot, a lot of Westerns. Um, and I just remember I was like eight or nine. I was over at their place. They were watching, uh, they were watching Psycho and I, we get to, <laughs> it's kind of a, Kind of gross to think about this now, but like the, the, we got to the part with the with the you know um, when she's murdered in the in the shower that's happening there, and I just went out loud. I think I was just, just like I think I want to make movies and TV. Um, I I don't know if I said I wanted to be an actor or if I just wanted to if I said I just want to make. I can't remember which way that went, but I was like I want to do that thing, whatever that is. And then uh, <clears throat> I when was this nineteen? I don't know how old I was when I was nine, but. Um, roughly soon after some years after though uh titanic came out and i was like what that i was obsessed with the movie uh, with with you know its quality and its acting and all this stuff and i'm still like 10 or 11 at the time and i started just like um when i was nine i was like grabbing the camera obviously and like as everybody does you know my grandfather's camera and i wasn't recording anything but i remember like my brother was a toddler and there was this, uh, ab machine, but in my mind it looked like a sort of looked like the cockpit of a starfighter kind of a thing. And so I, uh, I just like took the camera and I had my brother just doing whatever and I'm moving the camera around him as he's like, quote unquote acting. And I was like, Oh, I like this. And I started, I wrote a lot. I wrote as you know, from a young, from a young age. So I wrote, you know, little stage plays and little skits and things like that. And so when Titanic comes around, we more or less, my sister and I were just so obsessed with it. We more or less wrote our own version of what Titanic could have also been, but from like a different perspective, I guess. And we like con some neighbor kid to come over and help us out. And we put on these live shows uh, in front of my whole family. And it's incredibly embarrassing to think about it now and see the pictures and how how bad the costumes were and all that stuff. But I, we Based it. on the age you were, you should not be embarrassed. Yeah, right. you should be you should be proud of the drive that that yeah. you. Because that's that's wonderful. Yeah, it was great. And then uh, I went to school uh, in middle school. I got into some drama classes, and I think I was pretty okay. I got some like lead roles, um, but uh, then we moved. And when I moved, I went to a rural place in in the Tampa Bay area called Wesley Chapel, and uh, I went to this place called Waitman Middle School. And uh, they didn't have a theater program like my my previous school had. And so I was like, oh no, I can't do this. So I focused on, you know, I, at that time I started focusing mostly on, on, you know, sports and, and whatever else I could do to get out of the house. You know, uh, there was some weird stuff that was happening between me and my stepdad at the time. And I was like, I need to get out. Um, and so I would just hang with my friends, but I would have these ideas, concepts all the time. And I would just be pitching them out of nowhere. Like, wouldn't it be cool if like, you know, these esoteric, like, I don't know, like watchers were just like commenting on everybody's life and I, weird stuff like that. Um, and then I get into high school and I found out that there was, uh, computer technology classes, which I was like, oh, that means 
you know, that means like becoming computer literate. And then uh, there was TV production. And so we had a TV production class. And that's when I jumped in. I, I actually skirted the, the drama side because they did have drama in my high school. And I was like, nope, that's not where I'm going with this right now. I want to learn how to make movies. That's what I want to do. And so that's where that's where it started. Started making I right because my- there were cameras at the TV production. Yeah, and the yeah, I mean, live theater is wonderful. But yeah, you were inspired mm-hmm. all the way back to Psycho on TV. Yeah, that's what I wanted to make. Not yeah. I didn't I didn't care about the performance side. It was sort of the performance side was a means to an end. Um, the writing was a means to an end. Uh, but you know, I saw those cameras and I was like, we're doing that. And then I learned to edit. I'm 14 years old. We learned to edit. We learned to shoot. We learned to do you know a little bit of this and that make a music video and that and it kind of kicks off from there and from there me and my you know you create an amalgam of friends who are really passionate about what they do and telling stories and and you know we were we were shooting short films all the time and this isn't like this isn't like now where you have these phones and you have cameras available everywhere this is 2003ish 2004 you know up till 2000 about from 2001 to 2005 effectively so we're playing with these mini DV cameras. We're not making good shots in any capacity. We don't even know what a rack, like how to rack focus or what that even means. You know, we're just shooting whatever. Well, we and can. you have a handy cam, which, as I recall, it was still a pain in the ass to try to get <laughs> the footage somewhere else. Like, yeah. For editing and stuff. Yes. Like, like the, the fact that we can use something for, <laughs> you can record on your phone and then wirelessly throw it over to your computer right. and edit it. it yeah, that, that was not even close to possible yeah. 20 plus years ago. And not like, not to sound like the old man who's like, it was harder in our day, but it was, it, it created this really fun, you had to problem solve in ways that you, you know, may not have to problem solve nowadays. And so you had to get a little creative about how you, how you made your little things. Like there were moments you had to, if you were making an edit, you 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 recorded, and then once you got to the point that you wanted to stop, you had to stop and then like rewind to another spot or, or move to the other bit, and then record again and and then stop again. So it was a whole rigmarole. Uh, well, and I bet you did a lot of editing in camera too. Just mm-hmm. like get your friends there and hit that pause button, yes. and then set up, move the camera to the other person and take it off yep. the pause. Yeah, and you could you could really make something halfway decent if you learn the timing. It wasn't so bad. Uh, of course, at that point in time, we had iMovie and I think even Final Cut five or three at the time. Um, so it was like in its infancy, but it was still you know nonlinear editing programs weren't really you know, the mass produced thing that they are now. You can't just like, back then it was like, oh, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be a thousand dollars for this program or whatever it was at the time. So, you know, you had to, I had to more or less graduate up to the point where I was allowed to edit on the final cut machine. And then, then I really got into it. Um, and then, yeah, once I hit 18, I, I, that's what I pursued. I, you know, worked on as many projects as I could, as many movies as I could, um, that came to Tampa cause there's not a lot. Um, the first movie I worked on was my friend Julian who, um, now, you know, he lives out here and or he's lived out here. I now live out here with him. I just celebrated my 10 years out here. Um, and he, he had a movie that he, you know, he was directing that with his dad and they were like, Hey, we need a, somebody to help us out a PA on the day. And I was like, cool, I'll do that. I quit my job at target. And from there it just took off. I was like, Oh yeah, no, I love this. This is great. Uh, and then I, and that's just yeah. you, you. You graduate high school, mm-hmm. and and you were just looking to stay creative, without a question. I, I mean, yeah. I started writing a feature film right out of high school. I was in my grandparents' house. Uh, I moved back in with my grandparents, and 
Um, I was trying to write a script. I was bad at it. Um, but, and it was not good in any capacity, but it was one of those, like, I'm doing this. This is fun. So it just never left. And I would just write short stories anyway. So short stories beget short films and, and, and so on and so forth. So it was, um, yeah, that's where the passion was. I mean, I think it's been proven and I have no, I can't, I can't, but I I will just say it because you can just say things that aren't true and, and people believe it. But no, I think it's been, I think there's a lot of evidence to show that short stories make better films mm. and cinema than novels. Like novels, it's mm. always actually a tough adaptation. I think they've down, discovered yeah. now that the TV series where you can do like 10 to 15, multiple hours, yeah. you can tell that novel story. Yeah. But, you know, Blade Runner, blah, 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 like short stories lend themselves to really interesting films. Beautiful. So, yeah. So I think the short, short story uh, starting point was also great. Was great, yeah. And probably prove, you were probably writing kind of visually anyway, I bet. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think, you know, I was writing a lot. I was, you know, between 18, I guess like between like 16 and 21, I was writing a lot of like metaphor and a lot of, um, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I was reading a lot of Kafka. That's what was happening. I was just reading a lot of, a lot of Kafka, a lot of Bukowski, a lot of, uh, um, I don't know. That was really. I mean, that's high in literary major shit. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's, uh, that shows you to be a very smart person. I don't. Know I think that. I don't think so. But well, <laughs> we can disagree on it. But yeah. but I'm from I mean, what's the education like out there? So. <laughs> I didn't say well educated. I yeah. said smart. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely think there's a lot of proof that education, and intelligence, hopefully they go together. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, Kafka and Bukowski. That's I loved it. It was that's, one of those that's cool stuff to get into. Yeah, I think I read um, Life of Pi, and that changed my sort of perspective on what i like to read and i was like oh this is it this is the stuff i like to read there's metaphor involved there's a good story involved i'm i'm engaged and it like and it's almost a timeless type of thing i hit kafka hated the metaphor uh, or hated metamorphosis i don't think that was a good i don't think that was a good story all of his other stuff though you know in the penal colony and and uh you've got the trial you've got um what was the other one that i really loved that was never finished it's a uh, um uh, the Warden of the Tomb. I love The Warden of the Tomb. And it's just, it doesn't, it's not finished, but it's one of those like, oh, I love where you're going with this. This is great. That's the stuff that got me. I was really into that kind of. Wow. Kind so of I love that you named in the penal colony, like first, basically, <laughs> after Metamorphosis, because I was also a Zappa guy oh, in high okay. school, actually junior high in high school, mm-hmm. and to this day, so yeah. 40 plus years of it. But uh, one of his most famous records, the liner notes say, before you listen to this album, read In the Penal Colony. Oh, Literally, wow. go get the In the Penal Colony, read that, then listen wow. to the music. Wow, okay. And so that made me go, go get it. Because, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was my, that's my sort of journey with, uh, so Modest Mouse is also one of my favorite bands. And so that's, the, like, you're starting to see, you start to see a pattern when you see all this, this content and how all this works. And so Modest Mouse deals a lot in metaphor, but also like uh, irony. And I love irony. It's one of my absolute favorite things in film. Um, and we don't, do, I don't think anybody does really anymore, but, uh, uh, it's really great. I don't know. It's just very inspiring. And so I, I, if I'm, if I need to get turned on about something, that's what, that's what I'll do. Um, and yeah, that's kind of actually what happened with Black Hole a little bit. So yeah. I bet. And I'm going to add that another biased thing that'll really offend a bunch of people <laughs> is that when, when a creative person and like when a filmmaker 
is inspired by the other arts, mm-hmm. whether it's writing, whether it's stage play, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, you've named Painting, music and yeah. novels. If, if your only references are our cinema, our film, mm-hmm. then I think the person kind of becomes derivative. You do. Yeah. You have to, by default, you have to become derivative because you're not expanding your, your perspectives. You're not, uh, in, you're not engaging in different ways and, and the synapses in your brains aren't like sort of hitting, um, in different manners. I, I actually, when I'm trying to make a movie or, or write or something, I don't, I don't watch something cause I do not want to be accidentally inspired by something. Um, I'm sure I am. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I don't want it to be a conscious effort kind of a situation. I want it to be more of like a an organic. This is rearing up. So if I'm stealing something like shots, sure you can steal a shot or maybe even or be inspired by a shot yeah. to do something similar, right? Know? But and if you had enough money, you'd steal it. But sometimes, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, storylines, characters, stuff like that. Yes, you know, great artists steal and. Uh, and I totally get that. Um, but I try not to as best as I can, if I, if I can do that. And I, and instead I'll steal from ideas I have by listening to music and not scenes or whatever, but more like feelings or, or metaphors that I've, I've gotten out of that kind of thing. Leading question, but like, are you one of the people who, when you would listen to music all your life, did you just start visualizing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I did that too as a kid. Like, like, I think every Beatles song I ever heard, like there's a music video in my head to that every, song. Yes, every since I was a kid, that's exactly how it's always been. I see a full visualized like thing in my head, and I'm like, "That's it. That's cool. That's um." I've always wanted to make music videos. I've only made like three, but uh, I don't know a band. I don't know bands well enough, like personally, to to manifest that. You know? Yeah, it's a whole different beast. Yeah, yeah. to get into that world. But mm-hmm. once you're in, yeah, I know a couple of people are in, and they yeah. they get to do quite a bit. And then you make your music videos for three thousand dollars, and you have to fight for food. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the hard part. Like. There's no money in it, and that's that's sort of what I think keeps a lot of people out of it. But uh, for sure, well, before you get to black hole, sure. so you mentioned music videos, yeah. So when was the first time like you wrote and directed, or 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 directed, or or made a film, or short, mm-hmm. or music video? Like like when did that happen? When did you not like as a project when you're in high school or something, oh, but I like see. a little older, like after like you helped on thing. that friends? Yeah, when you sat down and said, "I'm making my thing now that I've." Uh, it was like a right at the cusp between me turning 18 and 19. I, I had some, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Aaron helped me uh, come up with the title on this one. It was called, um, uh, oh God, I can't remember the name of it. Not really important. Relativity, I think is what, it, what the name, no, that was a high school project. I take that back. Morehead helped me on a high school project name called Relativity. So you've known your lead actor since high school? Yes. Yeah. We've known each other. Cause Damn it. Yeah. And we, you're both fucking good. Yeah. We, we met at a film festival when we were 17 uh, in, in high school. And then we've just been good friends since then. Uh, a whole crew of us have been really great. Almost uh, all of us, I would consider best friends. So, um, but yeah, we, I got, what was it called? Um, not really important. Uh, all it was is I, it was the it was the two people looking at someone's life and sort of judging from afar. That's I started that when I was younger, and I was like, let's just go shoot that. Um, and it like it starts with like a car crash, and someone had just died, and then they're sort of like judging the. It's sort of like a sort of judging how that person lived, and, and it sort of just really gets in. It's not good. 
Uh, I'm 18, 19 years old. I'm working through stuff. I don't know. But aspirational. I mean, car crashes and I mean, it yeah. could have been it could have been real simple, but it sounds yeah. like you you were ambitious with it. I was trying to be. Yeah, we were shooting. We weren't shooting on anything special, but we were certainly framing correctly, and we were certainly like. I was on top of my roof of a, of an apartment I or a duplex I was renting at the time, and so um, it was. Uh, yeah, that's that's when I f- first dove and, and, in. And this, I meant actually meant the storytelling was ambitious too. Yeah, not just the production, but a little too big. Um, and then and then after that, I, I went to college and I made some content in college. Um, I think I was. More or less, I was doing. I was directing a lot because I was just like the. Did you jump into a film program or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I regret not going to FSU film school. I was I was accepted to FSU. I didn't get into F or I didn't apply because it was too much money. I didn't feel like that was I was going to be able to, whatever. I was discouraged from doing that thing, so I went to a tech college. Um and. And it was in Tampa, and I, I think, if I remember correctly, I think I was pretty well on the rise, and uh, and I was directing most of the most of the school projects and most of the big projects that were coming along, but uh, it was a lot of money, and turns out that it was one of those like colleges that uh, you I haven't looked for it, but you could get your student loans back from if that means anything. <laughs> Uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the the trade tech colleges yeah. that were actually kind of cons. Yeah. And I was in school at the time, and my cinematography teacher had started getting me onto movie sets and stuff like that. And he, uh, Chris Risch was his name, wonderful human being, still a great cinematographer now. Um, he had pulled me on as a PA on this this feature film that I was working and uh, and he pulled me aside and he just goes, what, uh, you know, why are you in, why are you in college right now? I says, you know, to work on movie sets. And he goes, where are you at right now? I was like, on a movie set. I was like, you need to be in college anymore? I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. So, um. It also sounds like you were like the one person at that school who actually had some potential. <laughs> I guess that's rude of me. No, there, to, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but, but, you know, it's. There were plenty of very talented but he, people. I bet he and, recognized something in you and that's why he pulled you. Yeah, certainly in the classes that I was in, it, uh, I've always been really passionate and incredibly, and I wear my passion on my sleeve. It's, 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 it's great when you're trying to get a project off the ground. It's awful when you're trying to uh, socialize a lot of the time or, you know, it's, it's in, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. It's, it's fun though. But yeah. I'll add that FSU, I mean, everything worked out well for you. So, I'm, so no worries, well, but you know, it could be better, but I could, I could say that, uh, I guess there's a professor at FSU who clued into uh, Sherman Oaks Film Festival and Film Invasion LA because mm-hmm. we get about probably six to twelve films per festival from FSU. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean they have and uh, and they're, they're program. It's a good program. Yeah, at one point in time they were number one in the in the country, and that's when Aaron Moorhead of my of my you know movie went and uh, you know my friend Will Sampson and and um, a few other friends that were at in that school program at the time. They're very, very good at what they do. Yeah. Um, it's good. And, I, and I like, I like mentioning that just cause there are jerky people who think that, <laughs> that the film schools outside LA don't count, but they do. Right. Yeah. They do. And FSU, I'm always impressed with the work. Absolutely. From I mean, look at like what, uh, what was the movie, um, that won in like what, 2018, the Oscar, uh, the, oh, Nomadland? No. No. The one in 2018. The, the one on the beach. Was it 2018, 2019, something like that? Um, 
Not really important. Anyway. Oh, Florida Project. No. 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 Um, I'm going to look it up. Sorry. I got to look it up. Feel free. Me. Feel free. Ugh. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep, we'll, we'll avoid all, the dead air problem. I'll, I'll wait. You know, I'll wait. Because I, I can't remember who made it in the first place. So why would I, who, I can't, would I be able to Google? I can't remember yeah. anything anymore. You mentioned 2018. It was and the my, it was the it was the it was the mistake year where they said La La Land won. Oh, and it was, uh, Moonlight. Moonlight. Those people are FSU film grads. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they're it's a good school, obviously. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, that's kind of where it began. I did a lot of work in uh, in the film industry in Tampa. I mostly was a was a grip and uh, and and doing some electric work, and then I became IATSE as a grip. Uh, and then uh, I was doing a lot of editing, and I found a, a lot of fun. I loved being an assistant director. It was a lot of fun if I could do it. Um, so that was a – I was an eclectic filmmaker at the time, making short films on the side. I did make like two or three short films. I made another one called Motel, and then I made another one called Harmony Art. And I really didn't like pal around too much. I didn't make a lot of short films at the time just because you don't get the money, and you know you don't have the money to do it. And you certainly aren't in the, you're not like out here in LA where you're just sort of like, hey, pals, I know that you might have some time off. Let's go do a thing. That doesn't really happen out there. So you have to cajole your friends and, and really bully some people to, to make some stuff happen if you're really passionate about it. So, And it sounds like you sort of had some standards. So you didn't want to like, you didn't want to make the kind of thing you can make no. with almost no help and unprofessional help at that yeah, yeah. It, you don't want to blow your load and like pull all your favors and and make something that really just can't get yeah. off of the ground just because yeah. of resources or if you have a great you know seven page script and you look around and you're like ooh, if i asked the people in my circle to help me make this i won't get what i want so yeah. maybe you wait right yeah and that's kind of what i was doing i was uh, mostly i was doing all that stuff to um be a better director. I think the goal was to always be a director and, and, and obviously a writer to sort of tandem that, if you will. Um, but I wanted to know everything else before I got there. Uh, cause it, there's nothing I, there's nothing I hate more than showing up on set. And there's, there's someone who doesn't understand your position or why it takes as long as it does or why safety is a, is an issue or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and then just and then just getting an ego about themselves and and so I did not want to be the ego the egotist on set, so I wanted to learn all of the sides of of how it works and that's how that's how I sort of learned i think i hope you know to tell stories in in efficient ways clean ways, but in ways that like respected everybody's time and, and effort and that, that kind of thing I was very passionate about that stuff so. but also that is one of the great things that comes from starting. Uh, as a PA and working your way mm-hmm. up in uh, multiple departments is you, you see the quality of leadership, right? Yeah. And how important yes. that is. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I will say I've, I, I wrote at least one short film that was about artists getting ahead when they didn't deserve it. And that was, uh, uh, <laughs> that was inspired by a lot of that. Um, well, from a petty place, I'm sure, but like, but even still, Hey, write what you know, yeah, and well. you had seen some. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not petty to tell the truth, is it? Depends. It's petty to hit it with a hammer yeah, over and over. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So you know, 
you do it. <laughs> I just sent a very petty email like two weeks ago, and the response was, hey, I'm the mayor, or I'm the governor of Pettysville. Oh, my Pet- God. pettysville whatever. It was, it was, it was clever for the moment. <laughs> they, you, you were petty or they were petty? We were both petty. You were both petty, so they... Out- I started the pettiness. Oh, that's fun. That's and then he did the Pettysylvania. Can you be mad at somebody who does that and says that, though? No, for too never. Long? That's pretty smart. That's pretty good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's, he's a very smart writer. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's where it all, that's where it all started. I moved out here about 10 years ago to, to, re- I had, well, to what was the, what made you decide, okay, Tampa's Tampa's Tampa. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to head out West like the, like the, uh, cattle rangers. Oh, was a few things. All my friends, uh, that I made movies with between the, the ages of like 16 to, to about 21 or so moved out here. Um, I stayed because of, uh, financial reasons mainly. Uh, but, but also, I mean, I think I was like dating somebody and I was really just like, Oh, this is, this seems like a good thing. And obviously that didn't work out, but, um, uh, I stuck around because it was one of those things where I was kind of coming up a little bit. I was making a little bit of cash. Um, it seemed like I was moving upward. Uh, I did join the union at one point in time. So it was like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing stuff. Like I'm actively like making my way up. And then Florida, as backwards as it is, they cut all funding for um, movies and TV and stuff like that. No one came to town. I think at one point in time, I made $300 in one month. Um, so I had no money. I had blown my, my – my car had died. And so I, I took a regular job as like a marketing guy who just basically did like videography for some company for a friend of mine. Um, really great, great guy. He, he gave me a really great opportunity. Um, but I was like, after three or four months, I was like, I've saved the money that I think I need to move to Los Angeles. I bought a car and I, I drove out here because I was like, this is, it's not going to happen here. It just isn't going to happen. And the people who I think thought that it might have happened out there, I think they were just so very um, uh, optimistic in ways that I couldn't be optimistic. And, and I, in all reality, I really do still love what, you know, what happens over there. There's still great stuff that gets made. Some of the best filmmakers in the country are, are there and some of my, my closest friends. But it, for me, it wasn't happening, and especially if I wanted to direct, especially if I wanted to do all that stuff. So, um, yeah, all my friends moved out. I moved out, and that's how it happened. And and the fact that it sounds like there were incentives, there was there was production incentives, which most states do. Mm-hmm. And it shows like when, when a, a state government cuts those incentives yeah. to bring productions – Jobs dry up. You lose jobs, and that like was, like those yeah. incentives lead to more tax revenue for right. for the municipalities and the state. And yeah, cutting it, although it helped you because it pushed you this direction. Sure, yeah, but yeah, that was the lack of foresight. Absolutely, and I hear the thing. I love Tampa. If I could make movies in Tampa, I would. But uh, you know, uh, it's a matter of it's a matter of finances. It's a matter of you know having the resources to do the thing that you need to do. So. Um, that was, a, you know, that was a big bummer, but, and I had to restart. I had to come out here and actively start. I, the first thing I took was an AD job as on a feature, but then I had to go back to PA work and I had to go back to grip and electric work and I had to do edits and, you know, start writing and stuff like that. But that started begetting more work and I didn't realize how fast it could move out here when it comes to like working. If you're, if you're good, if you're, even nominally decent, you're probably going to be working a good amount. If you show up on time and don't say no to anyone when they ask you to do things. Right. Weird. 
But that is a that not that many people have those two qualities. No, and a lot of people will will say, "Well, I'm a creative," and then they. I'm actually too good to show up on time and yeah. and say yes to yeah. And so yeah, but it also shows that yeah, you were you you were a quality person who making an effort and doing quality work. So that is great that you were able to yeah to re- to establish yourself. It was fun, yeah, and and so I, you know, I worked real hard to get to where I was, and then I ended up taking a producing job at a um, with a company, um, <clears throat> and uh, and I worked there for like four years. I started making a lot of short films, a ton of, like one short film a month, anywhere between the $15,000 and $50,000 range. Like, for, for that company? For that company. We were doing short films based around themes. Uh, it was a company called Loot Crate. We were doing these uh, themed short films that, that complemented the boxes that they were going to have. They were like mystery boxes they'd give you. And we were putting these little projects together. Um, like those online, like people would go... There, that was a thing where people would buy a mystery yeah. box and they'd pay whatever, a hundred bucks yeah. a month. Something like and that. And once a month they'd get a box and you just open it up and find out what you're getting. Yeah, more or less. And they were actually putting short films in there. No, not oh. in the boxes. So what we would do is it was a marketing tactic. Um, you know, you paid like, like 15 bucks or whatever it was a month. Um, and our marketing tactic was effectively like, hey, here's this, here's this themed video that's coming up. And, you know, we would hire pretty decent sized actors like Tony Todd or like, you know, where we would have like Alan Tudyk or like whoever, like we had these, you know, uh, Dante Bosco or whatever it was. It just, these, these people that would come in, we would do these really cool short films. I've blown, I've blown, blown up cars in the desert and like, you know, we've done this just really cool stuff. Um, and the, the concept was that they would guess what the theme of that box was or what items were, might be in that box based on what we like clues we threw into the short film. So it was like our own little film school for a little while, you know, for about four years or so. And that's where. For sure. And very you know, creative. I mean, what, that's actually almost the perfect analogy uh-huh. for filmmaking, which is you have to, you have to take some commercial elements mm-hmm. if you want yeah. I think it is important. Yeah, you learn and, to talk to an and audience. Then, and then yeah. to present it in a way that is original and creative. Mm-hmm. Like like to, to balance mm-hmm. those two, that's not a lot of people work on that muscle early. No, and it's hard to. Like I mean I could imagine it was a unicorn job. There there is no job that's like that now. There's it it was rare then. Um, you know, it was in the height of that sort of YouTube, you know, storytelling stuff with, with you know, Rocket Jump and all those other film or like like the, the short filmmakers before it all turned into vlogs and stuff like that. Now um, we were riding that high and we, it was really great. You know, we made national commercials and, and did some really cool stuff. Um, but then it was time to leave and it was time to go. Um, the, the company wasn't doing well and things were going downhill. And I, I decided I, I was like, Oh, well, you know um, I think I went and I asked the, uh, the HR guy, I was like, you guys are definitely like closing shop soon. He was just like, what? No, no, we're, we're, we're fine. This is in 2019. Uh, by this time I had already made my own short, uh, patch, my other short, the sci-fi robot one. Um, and, uh, and I was like, so you spared time that one. You, you, while you're making all the short films for this box company, Mm -hmm. you also still had the energy and creative juices (laughs) to make a short for yourself. Yeah. Well, I was, I was tired of the corporate side of things. And so I wanted to, make something on my own. I was ready to sort of graduate. We all thought that making that stuff was going to like 
level us up and somebody might come out and, or an agent or a manager might be like, whoa, you guys make that stuff? Let me sign you. It never happened. Um, still not represented, but less so then. Um, and so I was like, oh, I need to make something. I went, I made something. I loved it. It was fun. We, I think we were the first short film to be funded by Bitcoin or something like that. Uh, not the company, but like somebody with Bitcoin gave us money. Um, and it was really cool, really great. We had our own festival run before that. And then I knew that my job was drying up. So I asked them to let, let me go if there was a layoff. Um, I, I, you know, the rare person who said, if you're going to do a round of layoffs, put me, put me in the firing line. Pretty much exactly what I said. And then it happened. Um, and I was great because then you get unemployment for a bit. I didn't collect it. Oh. Uh, you know what's funny is I never collected it. I don't know why I didn't do that. I it's I had savings that I was just like you know I'll keep uh, you this got integrity or some terrible thing like mm, that. I don't know. I don't I, know. If if I had a dollar for every actor and person I knew <laughs> who like managed to get unemployment like just in between mm-hmm. gigs, I'm like really doesn't that seem unethical? And actually, my dad had a best friend from Korea. He was served mm. in Korea, who worked at one of L.A.'s unemployment bureaus and mm. he was like are you collecting unemployment and i was like no he goes well you should and i was like well damn the people on the inside are saying well, like it's your money every film you should go absolutely you, you are actively investing it in, in your so. own and i never collected it either we're, right. we're in the same boat i there. made the mistake i was like oh right that is just my money that i have been putting into the state that i didn't take it back i was an idiot um but I was, you know, but, you know, I was looking for a new job at that point in time. And that's when, that's when I was kind of at a low and I was like, I got to write something as this film is about to go out to film festivals. I need to have something on the tail end of this. Um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where I was. I read Kafka and I watched, I think I listened to Modest Mouse and I was feeling my feels. And I, I think my wife, my now wife, she was my girlfriend at the time, went out of town for, um, I think a funeral and I... I felt bad because I was like, I couldn't go with her to the funeral. And I, I was just like, what am I going to do? I don't have anything on the on the horizon. Uh, and I was feeling real bad about it. So I wrote the I wrote Black Hole in probably in like, I want to say four or five hours, something like that. And then I sat on it for six months. I sat on it. Um, I didn't do anything with it. I just sort of like... Uh, didn't I rewrite it, didn't look at no, it? No, nothing like that, no. Um, I, was, I was excited about it. I thought I liked it because it, it was a recurring dream I kept having. Uh, the black hole in someone's house was uh, just uh, a recurring dream I kept having, and so I was just like, I'll just write ever whatever that dream is uh, out in my, you know, in my own words, and uh, yeah, about six months later, I had, you know, I got a new job. I work at IGN, and uh, I was like, okay, now that I'm safe, now that I've got a job, I got to make something. We got to go, um, and so I sort of just, um, what did I do? I, I. I sent it to my cinematographer um, and, you know, one of my close friends, uh, Evan, and he loved it. And, but, you know, and he's great. Um, he's really good about getting notes and very passionate about what, what it is that we do. And then I sent it to Moorhead because uh, we sort of trade, we trade scripts back and forth. He did, um, he did a movie called End- The Endless, and that was like really high up on, I think, Netflix for mm-hmm. like, I think it was like number one on Netflix for like a week or something like that. And like we'd just been helping each other throughout the years. Um, and I gave him notes on that movie and then I was like, can you send me notes on this? And so I sent it to him and he's like, you know, he said he loved it and he was like, he's like, holy shit, you need to make this. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess. And then, uh, he was like, do you need an actor? And I was like, I mean, yeah. And then he's like, 
And I was like, oh, wait, are you asking to be an actor in this? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, what? Yes, of course. That's obviously we're going to do that. And that's when I got him on board, that's when everything started ca- like cascading and, and building. And, and suddenly everybody was really interested. Reed Nice Wonder was my producer. Uh, Caitlin Crusoe, she was my, she was sort of a line producer slash AD. And these people were just like, you start getting these people involved and that passion beget more passion. And that's when we started planning and, and shooting it. So it was great. Yeah. And you didn't need to do many rewrites or anything. It was, it, it was pretty close to that first, uh, yeah. first concept. It was really funny is, um, we did try going away from the concept a couple times. We started, I had the first concept. I had the first iteration of it. And as Moorhead and I were sort of like putzing back and forth about character motivations and, and lines of dialogue, um, he had, uh, you know, he had he had some really great ideas that we implemented. Um, a few things that were not in the short is um, I don't know if we want to transition or if we want to tell people what, what's going on first before we get there or up to you. I don't know. You. Yeah. And if you want to avoid spoilers, I don't know. It's totally no, I all... think that no. This is this is the this is the the after spoiler. Excellent. If you see if you're if you're listening to this, it's because you've watched the the movie. I would hope point. so. I think I hope right. And if you haven't, just go to dust and then come back. Just watch it. Yeah, it's all good. Um. So yeah, we we were putzing back and forth, and he added a couple things. The the one thing that wasn't in there. I don't know how embarrassed he's going to be if he ever hears this. Um. We didn't have the we didn't have the the jerking off into the tissue stuff. Uh, I think it was, I don't remember what it was, but it was something, not that I think it was just throwing trash in the, in the black hole. And then he was like, you got to get weird. We got to get weird with this. And I was like, okay, sure. And then he was like, I want to, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this or not. But. You can, I think I have. Okay, sure. Works. So um, there, there's an explicit warning. On oh, it. perfect. Um, he, he was like, I just want to fuck the black hole. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he was like, I just want to fuck, I think like I want to put my dick in it or something like that. I think Someone it, would have. Yeah. And I was just like, well, yeah, but then like they'd get sucked in. So I was like, I don't think that that's something that they would do. And my wife and I sat and I, I sort of just soft pitched it to her. And I think we were like, I don't know if that's going to work. But I was like, you know, you know, I think that I don't know who said it first. One of the two of us said it first. I want to give her the credit, but I also want to take the credit. Um, she was some someone was like, you know what they should do? They should jerk off and like throw tissue into the into the black hole. And I was like, that's it. That's the that's the that's the answer. Like it's not that, but it is weird and and like striking, and you can't really forget about it. It's it's. Uh, I would actually debate you. It's not weird. Oh, okay. I think around a hundred percent of human beings do that. Yeah, <laughs> right. At least once. <laughs> and and. And women are, or most women are fortunate and don't make a mess, but, (laughs) but, uh, dealing with the mess is like half the, half the people on earth need somewhere to dispose of that. (laughs) And if you had a black hole, it would be so convenient. What a great play. No evidence. It's great. It's gone. Right. So we were just like, that's the And honestly, it's one of the things I, I mean, I, I I love the film, but I think the honesty of that, Mm -hmm. when when you see him jerking it, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you see it in films. It's not like it's not like I never see that yeah. in film. But like, there's just an honesty. Like, it's clearly a film about depression, and it's clearly mm-hmm. or there's a there's a analogy to it. Yeah, and and emptiness, and and we've all we've all been there. I'm I'm depressive at times, and mm-hmm. and and deal with it in my ways. Yeah. And I think we've all 
been, been there. Yeah, there's some, and there's and some so it, it. it's just so natural to the story. Yeah, and so but it has an element of honesty, is what I was trying to say. So I would yeah. say he could have he could have pitched it as let's be really honest, and then. Yeah, <laughs> throw throw the tissues of the black. Who hole. does all this? It's all yeah. It's because it's not weird. It's honest. Yeah, and so that I think that that's really the only thing that that was added to the script. We you know we we added uh, I think we added the gardener effect to it uh, mostly as a character aspect where the character um, needed to be in control of something that they couldn't control in their life, and so we figured that what's something you probably could control, which is you know, plants, you could probably garden something and then have control over how much water you give it and how much love you give it and so on and so forth. And so we were like, a lot of that was happening. So I think a lot of the sort of undertone is, is control of yourself and control of life and, and, um, and also possessiveness. Uh, there's a lot of possessiveness that's happening in the film. And I think that that's really fun to, to play with. So, but most of it, the words almost, Invariably, were were the words that started at the beginning. The sequence of events are all uh, minus the minus the added masturbation sequence. Um, the sequence of events are all exactly the same. It it almost did not change in any capacity. And then when we even when we went to post, I think Aaron didn't love what he had to say, uh, so he tried doing it on his own, and and it just didn't work for what we were trying to do. And then so we we went back and we said, let's just do it the way that we right, had for it the voiceover. For yeah, the- and uh, and yeah, that's almost. It almost didn't change. And his voiceover performance is excellent. Did a great job, yeah. Yeah. Did a very good job. It's very surprising to hear that there was talk of changing it because the voiceover (laughs) is kind of perfect, in my opinion. I don't know. I think. But there's nothing wrong with trying something and then going back to what worked. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's screenwriting 101. It's go big and then let somebody tell you to go down. You know what I mean? That's, and that's, that's what we were doing. And we, we went down, but we found a middle ground that worked out for all of us. So I think it worked. Super well. Um, I'll tell you what. It was the collaboration on all parts, which I, which was the best part about this. It was between Evan, myself, Evan, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, Reed Nicewonder, Caitlin Crusoe, all of us uh, just getting in and, and just feeling the, the moments out and, and getting really passionate about what it is that we were doing and what we were trying to do was was really cool. So even the art, art department stuff was great. That was so much fun. And, I, and I'm going to ask you to call out your composer. Oh, Dan, Dan Martinez. Dan, and, yeah. and also someone plays Theremin in it. Aaron, Aaron played Theremin, Aaron, actually. Yeah. I, I think the music in it is unbelievably mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Um, Dan and I have been friends for a long time as well. Uh, we've, we've all been working with each other at least since I was 23. And so Dan is just always my, com- my composer in everything that we do. We just... You get those people. Evan I mean, and I, it, it's it's perfect. The music is not only suits it, but it's unique yeah. and original. It's, like I can't name a score like that. No, it's and bizarre. it's scored. Like most shorts have, like yeah. maybe a song <laughs> mm-hmm. that you don't have permission for, but mm-hmm. but it's scored. Yeah, you know, uh, Dan did a. Uh, he brought a celloist in. Um, he plays a lot on piano. I think we were trying to do a weird thing where we were. We literally opened his piano up and we were just plucking the strings at one point in time, just inside of the piano, just to get the, whatever that was. So he's, I mean, he's really good at what he does. Um, just very passionate. Aaron was just super excited about doing his theremin thing. He put it in his next movie after that uh, called Something in the Dirt. And he was just like, he's just, sometimes he just gets on these like weird trips that he just like goes down the rabbit hole on. But he adds that to everything he does. And I think that I really, um, I really respect him for that kind of stuff. So it was a, Great collaborative 
world for all of us. I think we were all just really passionate about doing something and we spent like no money on it. Like I think, yeah, I often say, well, we spent $3,500 on it, but what actually, what it it actually was is I think that like one person put in a thousand, I know I put in 700 and then, um, another person, so Evan who lives there, so Reed put in the thousand, I put in the 700 and then Evan put in, um, whatever money he wanted to turn his house into. And so the production design is just out of his pocket kind of a thing. So um, he just, he had a not great situation. He was like, I want to paint and I want to put stuff around. So that we guessed about how much money he might've put into that. Um, but that's about, that's about all we spent minus film festival fees and stuff like that. So, yeah. True. True. Which of course probably exceeded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, but yeah. It is always heartbreaking for me when I hear like, yeah, I made a, a six thousand dollar feature and spent twelve thousand on the festival uh, circuit. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel you. Like, you mm. know, it's uh, it's you gotta tough. Shoot a shot though. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, it's it it's it's how people will see the work. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's I mean that's how the movie came to be. Um, uh, you know, all this other stuff that was happening all up, the, you know, up and down the, the my film world and stuff like that. Um, Coming to, coming to a head, more or less, just, you know, and we were all just like friends who just wanted to work on one more friend project. And I think that that's what that culminated to. Right. Because everyone's careers are like, you're, you're hitting that age where mm-hmm. there's fewer friend projects. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and when you see your friends, yeah, maybe it's like, well, I've been working a 50 hour week. So mm-hmm. how about we just get together? Yeah. Instead yeah. of work on our spare time. Right. Yeah, but it is special to make something together. Yeah. And the energy was so good. Like the energy was, my wife will say it. She was like watching, watching the three of us work, uh, the, Evan, myself and Aaron was, she was like, it's like watching kids like, you know, candy store. It was so fun. We were just, I don't know. It was just passionate. And we were just having a lot of fun with it. So yeah, it was uh that's, that's a story of how it was made um, and where we got to and, and where I started kind of a thing. There's all kinds of other in-betweens and, you know, all kinds of other stuff that's personal stuff, but like that right there is how it. Yeah, actually, happened. I was tempted to ask like an overly personal question, like, please, yeah, like does does making a film that is about you know inner turmoil mm. and 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 emptiness, sadness, what whatever we want to yeah. call it, darker emotions, mm-hmm. did it also end up being like therapeutic and 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 helpful, or act, does it just become storytelling and, and I don't the subject know. didn't matter? I think. It's ther- therapy pieces are really interesting because uh, I don't like them. Um, but <laughs> and I don't find it to be a therapy piece. Yeah, because you don't. I'm not getting anything. It's not like yeah. a cheesy. Oh, that's a bad word for today. I'm saying it's not cheesy. <laughs> I'm not saying that other films at our film festivals have been cheesy in that like yeah. they have someone with a problem and they end up happy. Like you don't. Yeah. you don't do that bullshit. No, no. Uh, so the impetus. I, first and foremost, I just wrote this sort of um, uh, stream of consciousness. So this was not this was not a pre-planned concept. This was not something I was like, let's do this. This was just like what come what came from the from the mind to the fingertips at that point in time. Um, but the you know, I thought I knew what it was about at one point in time, and that shifted several times. You know, I think if you see me at like other film festivals, if I'm, if I was ever recorded, I say, sure, it's about depression, but it's really not ultimately. A lot of it's self-consciousness. A lot of it is, um, obviously introspection, but I think that like where I was coming from with this movie and with this concept was sort of, uh, I was feeling inadequate at the time. I was feeling really, at the time I was feeling inadequate. 
Uh, I still do all the time, but, um, I was just feeling sort of not doing what I wanted to be doing and how I wanted to do it, which is, I think where that sort of, uh, that possessiveness comes from. And there were, there's a, there's so much happening in the movie that you think it's about depression, but equally it could be about alcoholism. Equally, it could be about anxiety. Equally, it could be about, I don't know, well, about wonder with the unknown. Yeah. Because there's this ma- there's this unknown mm-hmm. in his life. Yeah. And he's can't figure out exactly how it works. Right. And I think that like, for instance, there's the part with the girlfriend, uh, Alexa Capiello is her name, um, is the actor. She's really great. Uh, she's worked on a bunch of my projects um, where she takes the corn chip and she throws it in the black hole. Right. And it goes, and, and it's, it's cute. It's funny. But then Aaron sort of <laughs> stares at her a little too long. Almost like, uh, is he going to murder her? Is he going to throw her in the black hole? We didn't know. Like, as a matter of fact, that was, I think Aaron was just like, can I just try this take? And we're just like, yeah, let's do that. Um, and then the very next cut is him stabbing the dirt and like very frustratingly stabbing the dirt. And the, you know, the concept being, this is my black hole. This is my identity. This is my thing that I own. Don't try to usurp my identity. And that's sort of what we were trying to get across was this possessiveness. And I think that sometimes our worst traits can, we, we confuse some of our worst traits with our um, identity in, in, a, in a way that can be toxic. Uh, a lot of people will say, well, I'm, I'm just very depressed all the time. And, and that is probably true. And there is no, no denying that. But I think we, we sometimes might put a label on it or a label on us about who we are and go, well, I'm the depressed guy. You know what I mean? And so that's my black hole. That's my, my feeling. Don't you try to like dive in, you know, if you say, well, have you tried therapy? And some people might get really defensive over that kind of thing. Have you tried, you know, if you, an alcoholic is probably a more prescient thing. It's like alcoholics a lot of the time, not always. And I've been doing, I've, I wrote a, I've written a story on this already. It's really fun. Um, but a lot of time what alcoholics do, we have a misconception about what it is that they do. Um, a lot of the time, I think we think of the alcohol, the movie world thinks of alcoholism and alcoholics as like these sad, depressed people who, you know, they're down on their luck and they could never, you know, whatever, everything that they do is out of self-loathing. And that's not true. That's just not always true. A lot of times what happens is that they truly love getting belligerently drunk and passing out to the point where their body needs it. And that becomes part of the identity and they they think, well, you know, that's who I am, and that's what makes me me. That's what makes me fun, as destructive as it as it might be, sure. But I don't find it destructive to me, um, or even if it is, I don't care. That's kind of what this is sort of doing. And I'm not saying that this was about alcohol or or depression, but it's that concept of of protecting the thing that might ultimately destroy you. Um, and, and encompasses you and sucks you in over time. And I think that's a lot of what, what I was dealing with was like, if I'm feeling this way, that's, that means that there's my own version of a black hole in, in my own room, in my own home. What happens when I get in? What happens when I fall into it? What happens if I'm, I'm sucked in? Yeah. And would you even know? Would I know? Right. Exactly. And then that's, because you know, that's something you have in the film basically right. is, 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 
he may or may not know if and when he yeah. is in. Yeah, there's the moment he's like, I'm, and you know, there it was. I was already in it. That's and such such amazing cinematography so slash the, the shot. Yeah, the shot's so good. It was with the feet. I just think it's yeah. so good. That's also a dream I've been having for a long time. This sort of like like feet running. I've always it. had those dreams where right. you're, where my, every, <laughs> I think it's a loss of control dream or something. But yes. but where you're like running full speed and you're. Effort is full speed and your motion is slow mm-hmm. motion. So I was trying to convey, I think, was we were trying to trying to get the like I'm running. But I didn't I'm even not. associate it with that dream. That's yeah. how that's how good it is. I didn't even associate. It's what it is. Like that's yeah. I, I kept having those dreams as well. Um, so yeah, it you know it was yeah. What happens when you're sucked in? Once you're already in, would you even know that you're already in? And by the time you find out that you're already in, what do you do? What happens? Like where do you where do you end up? Um, and that's kind of, you know, we didn't want to, I certainly didn't want to answer the question. There's, you know, the thing that I hate is when filmmakers answer a question that they, they present, uh, and it's like, well, that's your resolve, but that's not my resolve. You know what I mean? Um, especially it happens all the time with like movies about quote unquote depression or whatever. And it's this thing where it's like that your journey is not everybody else's journey. The, the question you should be asking is, what do you do when you get there? And that's at least my perspective. Maybe somebody else might have a different perspective, but that's how I feel about it. And I wanted, I wanted him to question that. I, I wanted to question that for myself. And then I think I was like, I just don't think I could ever land in like the sad spot. Why would I be sad about anywhere that I'm at if I'm still... A thing that I, I go back to about, like, let's say religion or something like that is this concept of, like, um, once again, we're, you know, we were talking about the gateway tapes earlier. Um, consciousness, to me, is a really interesting thing because consciousness is, um, it is an I am thing, right? Like, you have our body, you have your body, you have your, you have the molecules in your hands and your, your, you know, blood we can measure blood we can measure dna we can measure cells we can measure everything but the one thing we cannot measure i know that you think you know that i think i know that we have you know uh, ideas and thoughts and concepts and dreams and so on and so forth but we can't measure that we do not have a way of containing that and boxing it and saying this is what it is but we know it's there right and so if you were to die for instance, if we were to die and you just blipped out of existence and you weren't here anymore, would you know it? What's the matter? If you, if you didn't know it, then you don't know it. That's the end of it. You, you have no more feelings. You have no more whatever. But if you, were, if you were to die and your consciousness or whatever you want to call it, soul, spirit, X, Y, and Z, goes somewhere else and it, it, maybe it's a collective and it doesn't dissipate, it doesn't go... You know, it doesn't, you know, dissolve like all matter and energy does. It sort of stays together. Then there's nothing cooler to think than you have, you have retained you afterwards. It's a sort of like people are like, oh, my God, if you, you, know, you know, if you die, you'll go to hell. And it's like, okay, do I still live? They're like, am I still conscious? Yeah. yeah am I still me? Right. Yeah. The, that's not much of a hell to me. I don't know. Like you could figure it out. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you can't figure it out in hell. Who knows? Concept of hell is that you just mean, tortured. Yeah, hell eternally. has a whole lot of right. uh, whole lot of baggage to that concept right. because it's really just uh, a thought control or, or it, yeah, it's just a right. control thing. But you don't blip out of existence. Is the concept? You yeah. don't just go gone. Well, as as beings who somehow ended up with consciousness, 
that's the number one puzzle. That is why we have religion. That is why we have ancestor right. worship and everything. Because we're, I'm pretty sure that adorable bunny rabbit doesn't know it's going to be gone someday. Correct. But we, we are aware yes. that we are temporary. Right. And that is the and, weirdest fucking thing to wrap your head around. And so what comes of that at the end of the movie when he, you know, the cat shows up and this is a long lost cat that he had. What do I do? Do I, do I sit on the mountaintop like a, you know, like a monk or X, Y, and Z, so on and so forth. What he's doing, what, what I'm going through and what he's going through in the screenplay is I'm here. I'm, maybe I'm depressed. Maybe I am an alcoholic. Maybe I have anxiety. Maybe I have like X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. But I'm still here. I'm still doing. There's still something to find that gives me comfort. And the cat shows up and there it is. That's like, that's, that's the end of the, you know, that's the end of the journey, I guess, to me is this sort of like, yeah, it may not be great and it may not always be great and it may not always be bad, but it's, or like, or it may not always be great, but like it, it's not always bad. Something has to come up. You, you have to find joy in something. And that's kind of where we land with it. It's not an answer to anything. It's just that this is a universal truth that something will be good regardless of where you are at the time. And it's really kind of about how you handle it at that, at that moment. It's about you and your handling of it. Uh, and then uh, your friends get sucked into the hole and they have your tissues fall on them. But that's the, you know, that's the end of that. <laughs> well, the friend had been in there longer, but there may, they may or may not be in the same plane. Yeah. yeah. There, you can go in different places. Well, through it's it. also kind, that like. It's, 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 like you said, it's, it's, yeah. it's not definitive. Right. It also because, because if something definitive would be. Right. Un, uh, would ring false for you. They might even like come together at some point in time. They yeah. Just be in different versions. Yeah, the cat of, wasn't there immediately. Right. Yeah, they might just been wandering around, whatever. I mean, also by the time that we see him, that also could have been happening earlier in the story. I never really Well, I think we all know that time is uh, affected by gravity. Right. <laughs> so it, it depends so, on where he lands so in the So the friend hole. being yeah. in there two weeks earlier, uh, you know, that could be a thousand years. Yeah, exactly. And so that's... I pretend I understand it, but I really... <laughs> I, I do know that time slows with the more gravity, time goes faster. Yes, in a way. Yes. So, yeah. and that's kind of what so we So if were, we go up in space and then we yeah. come back down, we've aged less than the people who are on Earth. Yeah, I think, I might have gotten the math wrong, I'm not sure, but I think the concept, well, no, I mean, like, I, if I, yes, time goes faster, so I can't remember what it was, but basically, if you were to get sucked into a black hole... You have effectively stopped in time, and everything else around you moves fast. Everything else is going. That's sort of what we were trying to convey, was that, like, you know, at least we were trying to do it from a scientific point. Right, because time doesn't even exist right. under that level of gravity. Right, right, exactly. And so, who knows? All that stuff is coming, coming into coming Honestly, back to Honestly, that was another one of the things I loved yeah. about the film, is I remember I used to be, like, the kind of nerd who read the magazine Newsweek cover mm. to cover every week. Oh, right, right. And and I remember reading about like the idea of micro black holes. Is yeah. that the term? Yeah, yeah. Micro black holes, and and that they could be around, and yes. and and you know they could even be whatever what dark matter represents or right. something. So so I just loved seeing like a creative person take this <laughs> idea that's sort of out there and like only probably a few hundred physicists actually understand. Yeah, like, like I don't I get string theory. I don't you know I I <laughs> I. I, I 
certainly don't have the time to figure shit right. out anymore. I, yeah. In college, I read brief history of time, but, you know, it doesn't make me an expert. It makes no. me a dilettante, <laughs> you know? I, uh... I, you know, I know that we get we got ragged on on the size of the black hole and what it were you know what it would have sucked in at that time and and you know the, even the accretion uh, disk and and so on and so forth and uh, you know, people people got technical with they you? got real technical with it like gotta love a sci fi nerd it's so good it's so funny because I was just like hey guys I um, one of my favorite things is watching reading some of the comments and people are just like is this a metaphor I can't tell I'm like I don't know man <laughs> like maybe I guess. Um, Best answer, not a metaphor, an analogy. <laughs> right. Figure that. Go Google those right. two terms. <laughs> um, and so, like, no, I it's love, a simile. Nice. No, <laughs> I, I I love those types of things because it was like, I don't think that's the point, man. I don't like. I love it. I don't think that's the point. Um, it's a visual representation of something that, like, I think we all feel. Uh, and we're trying to be a little scientifically accurate. We're not trying to like throw it out the out the hole. Um, you know, we're not trying to, you know, whatever. Yeah, I love the line like I'll, when he's like, I I know one thing I know is that it's the same from every possible side. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not changing. No, and you that know? was partly a scientific fact, but it was also partly a resolve on our part because we didn't want to do a three dimensional sort of like we. So to give yeah, you, you didn't want to show it affecting the environment, like ripping part of the room in yeah. and stuff. Yeah. We didn't have the money for that. Um, that would have been a pricey effect. It would have been a very pricey effect. And so, oh, sorry, that's me. That's a, I have an alarm every night that says right. Um, oh, good for you. Yeah, so. Um, at 9 p.m. Yeah, at 9 p.m. every night. I have an alarm at 10 p.m. that reminds me to get an avocado out <laughs> now for tomorrow morning's omelet. Ah, that's, that's smart. Uh, you're a writer, I eat omelets. But anyway. <laughs> I uh, So, yeah, it, um the thing about the black hole is that we had actually initially wanted to do it uh, with a practical effect, which we did actually do. We, we actively, um, I have photos of it. Uh, I think it's on my, I think it's on the black hole site uh, or the Instagram, but um, we had actually gotten, uh, we couldn't get Vanta black because that's like behind a, um, like a, a copyright or something like that. So we ended up getting black 3.0 and putting like a ball together and painting it in black 3.0, which is like eats light. Uh, and then we took um, uh, Ryan Berman is his name. That's that's a paint that's so black that it doesn't reflect anything. Basically. Yeah, it, or right. minimally reflects. Min- yeah, sure. yeah. I know. I remember reading just recently, like they came up with an, a black or black yeah. paint in the last year or something, right? Oh, really? In the last? Uh, yeah, this was. But they keep like the idea that they can. <laughs> right. The idea that there's paint companies or or college professors and right. grad students working black. on like creating a paint that's an even blacker black, yeah. like from which light can't escape. Like it's man wild, and so. We, you know, we were trying to do that practically because I, I, I just like practical effects generally. That's what I did in my last movie. We built a robot out of actual parts and, and we didn't do any CG or anything like that. We just like, you know, if we put, if, if we saw a wide shot, it was very wide and we put an actor in a suit and had them do whatever. So I like doing practical effects. Um, and we, so we did the black hole, Vanta black thing, and then we took um, see-through vinyl records uh, and then we just warped them to make the, the, the Corona. Um, and then we just took a Lico and just shot the Lico at the back of the, at the back of the, the thing. So the light could refract back into like Aaron's face and like, you could see it on the ground and you could see a shadow and things like that. And then, um, a very, uh, you know, it's very creative and very like industry old hat. Um, uh, Roger Nall just gifted me 
the 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 VFX of of the of the final VFX of the black hole. He's like he actually just sent it to me. I like posted so the way it, it affects the environment around it was was a gift. That's so cool. Yeah, he and, did, and and the best friend or the friend being was that. That was a mix between Moorhead and myself in the VFX world. Um, you know, Moorhead's much better at VFX than I am. Um, I could just put the thing. I like. I did some VFX. I did like a 3D Earth in there that spins and stuff like that. But um, he was able to put the montage stuff together um, through whatever. I don't know. He's got some magic that he uses in After Effects to do that kind of stuff. Um, but the 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 suck in of the friend is was my. I think that was my doing initially, and then he cleaned it up. And then the door warp is mine for sure. We we had a tracking camera uh, or a tracking dolly that let us do two or three takes of the same exact move every single time. Um, I actually just used it on a commercial yesterday. Um, and uh, he, yeah, uh, so we used that a lot. So we used the tracking marks, and then we we got the, the, the physical thing, and then we removed everything and made a plate. Um, and so we just, like, dropped everything in on it. So it's really cool. You know, very innovative, fun, you know, way to make a little baby movie. <laughs> I mean, indie film is, is uh, I don't know what percentage, but it's a big chunk of it is just problem solving. Yeah. With creativity over money, which I think is one of the things I love about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it was cool. It, it's, you know, since then, uh, it went on a really great run in the film, you know, in the film festival world. Well, it's so unique. I mean, first of all, it's six minutes, I think, right? Eight, so, eight, oh, eight, eight, two, eight, oh, two, eight, oh, two. Yeah. So it's so it's like perfect programming mm-hmm. length. Yeah. And it's just so fucking good mm. and original that yeah, I would be. I mean, I imagine there were festivals that passed, but oh, I was, yeah. I, but but they're idiots. <laughs> I mean, because like it's it's the perfect festival film. I mean, not that you made it to be that, but no. you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. like it's just it's smart. It's funny. Yeah. It. it it's deep. It's interesting. Like it's visually great. Yeah. It's well acted. It's well shot. <laughs> I mean, it's got kick ass music. Like, come on. Like, yeah, it's the whole kit and caboodle. Like, um, like I would love to pull someone aside. Why? Why'd you pass on it? They're like, well, because it was in seven other festivals. Probably. First, and, you know, and some. And some. It tells you something about Film Invasion LA and, and our team that like you probably did list like, oh, I've been at these twenty festivals, and we're like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That's a great movie. We're going to show it to our people. You yeah. Know? We were, I really wanted to make sure that like we had a, we had a home movie for sure. Cause we, we really only had, I think two, uh, or, th- you know, with invasion, with film invasion, it was three, uh, I think LA uh, showings. Um, you know, but it went, you know, it went everywhere else. It, I think it went kind of across the world, I guess it went uh, all the way to Helsinki at one point in time, Paris. Uh, I don't know if it made it to London, but it made it somewhere else over there. You know, we yeah. went to fan- Fantasia. And sadly, no one, no one gifted you a, yeah. <laughs> a budget where you could fly to uh, that, right. 50 countries or whatever, do a while, yeah. a world tour. I was so disappointed to not be able to go to every single one of them. It's, it's you know, that's... I mean, I understand yeah. your pain because that's... I know, I see some people who, I guess they're trust fund people or something because I see people who, like, do a festival in another part of the world every weekend. And I'm like, the film is great. How are you able to? to yeah, who, do you have a job? Do you have, like, do you have pictures of Bill Gates with a hooker? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. And God bless those people who have that kind of luck and that kind of you know that kind of those kinds of resources. Um, nothing I've ever had. Uh, but uh, it's you know what you know that's what you got to do. You know if you got to if you get into a film festival, 
try your best to get there because um, that's that's really what it that's what it is. Is like you're talking to people, you're meeting people like this situation here, and you're having a you know you have a conversation um, about movies. Ninety percent of the time, it's about movies and not necessarily about your movie, um, which I think is. But it also probably doesn't suck when people come up to you after screening and go, hey, I really liked your film. No. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it sucks when somebody says, it was pretty. Um, but <laughs> Did I say this at your Q&A? I got to admit, I love the fact that no one could raise their hand during your Q&A in the audience uh-huh. and go, did you see the episode of Black Mirror where? Because oh. like, nothing in Black Mirror ever happened like this. Okay. But I sometimes I want to jump off the stage and punch <laughs> the person in the audience. I'm like... Stop comparing it to Black Mirror. Oh, like, like it's not fair to someone who like made a sci-fi short. I, uh, you know, and then like you know, yeah, fine. Some Black Mirror covered a lot of ground. Yeah. Leave them alone. I uh, was I going to say, um, you know, one. I've only ever seen one episode of Black Mirror, and I think it was the first one with the pig. Oh, uh, the, probably the least interesting of all of them. Uh, no, well, then there was also the Daniel Kaluuya one where he's like riding the bike and yeah. and that one. But I think I stopped at that. It was Another like, oh, less interesting one. It's yeah. funny. They get better from there. Okay. But what are you going to do? I was like, this isn't really my jam. You got time. Um, you got you, Time is limited. You watch something else. I will say, it's so weird to me because I, I will say this, that, uh, you know, my wife does, my wife says this all the time where, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back about this one, but I'm going to pat myself on the back about this one. Um a lot of times I'll create these concepts, I'll write these scripts or I'll like make these movies and then they will, f- something in the zeitgeist will be a mimic of that thing. So for instance, um, I just heard, so you ever, uh, there's a band called Boy Genius. They're really great. Um, Phoebe Bridgers and, uh, uh, oh no, I just, oh man, I can't remember the other, uh, Lucy Dacus and I can't remember the other one's name. Regardless, very good band. Very, very good band. They're very intelligent. There's a song that starts with black hole in my kitchen and, and they start going down that path. I'm like, did you watch my movie? Did you do we? And then, uh, my last movie called patch, uh, which is about a boy who, you know, builds a robot in, in a mechanic shop. And the, I think the like 1990s or something like that. And it's like an alternate universe kind of thing. I did get a lot of inspiration from a man named Simon Stallenhog, uh, who has, who has since had his movie or his, his book tales from the loop created. And then, um, currently a movie called the electric state but that the russo brothers are doing but before then i'd made this movie robot x y and z and then about a year and a half or two years later that tom hanks movie called finch came out or or whatever it was and it's about a tom hanks who builds a robot in a garage in his mechanic shop and like the shots are identical And I'm like, are we hitting the zeitgeist here? Like, what's happening? Like, this this keeps, you know, this this type of thing keeps happening. Um, and it's just like a matter of, you know, my my wife and I keep talking about it, but it's like a matter of time. If I can make a movie that I'm touching on a thing, maybe that'll be the zeitgeist movie. You know what I mean? Maybe that'll because it's clearly moving that way. Like whatever whatever it is I'm doing, it's you know we're telling those stories. Um, so it's kind of fun. Um, but I haven't. The reverse of it hasn't happened. I wasn't like, oh, I watched this thing. Now I'm going to go do this situation. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. agree with you. There's, yeah, I agree that that it often is just sort of a zeitgeist and, and creative people dealing with the modern world, mm-hmm. and you know, some similar things have to rear themselves. Things, up. things, things can be born. You know, uh, 
doppelgangers can be born yeah. separately. Yes. And it's not necessarily that they have a common ancestor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's not that one is stealing from the other. It's yeah. mostly that, like, we're So there all... is certainly theft, but... Yeah, there is. I think a lot of it's... The so... Tom Hanks movie, they might have seen your short. Someone might have seen your short well, at they... a festival and then, like, you know... Yeah. Been a whatever. Yeah, it could have been that. It also could have been we were both reading Simon Solenhog books at the same time. We were like, oh, that's inspiring. Let's go make that. Um, there's something about the collective consciousness sort of like coming together and like, we're all sort of doing the same thing a little bit, um, whether we know it or not. And that's really interesting. That's really interesting. It's esoteric, but it's really fun, uh, to think about like how brainwaves work and how like, uh, you know, whatever sure. humans are. Or I, I would just, I would just, you do the, the base joke of, well, it's just, you know, whoever coded the simulation is kind of lazy <laughs> and sometimes the code repeats. Yeah, right. yeah there's that. So, yeah. so, you know, it, it's just, it's just junky code we're living it's in. The, it's the gateway, it's the gateway tapes. It's, <laughs> they're tapping it's the, in. The gate. I guess we'll have to have a link to the gateway tapes uh, no, we gotta, in, in the show notes. I call the CIA up. <laughs> oh, that fucking CIA. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, that's sort of, I guess all that I think, I don't know. That might be. The well, thing. by the way, uh, I didn't ask. Did we showed it at mm-hmm. in June 2022, and that was yeah. towards the end of your run. Yes. So, was it? Did you shoot this right after COVID opened up? Right before. Right before. Right before. Yeah. So you shot it right before like March 2020. Before. Yeah. Like really? Yeah. We we didn't know it. I mean, we knew that COVID was becoming a thing. And right. So you we, heard about this thing that yeah. Yeah. And like we you know we we implemented masks and we implemented uh, um, uh, you know hand sanitizers and and you know. At that time, there wasn't like a six foot roll, I don't believe. Um, but we were, we were so you had perfect timing, so you shot it right before lockdown, yeah. and then you could do lockdown during post. I mean, post during, post lockdown. during lockdown, yeah. It took like a year, by the way. It took us because the coordinated, we were all figuring it out. We were all like, what do we do? And so we had to all sort of my job alone made me like re like I had to go and you know put cameras in other people's homes uh, remotely and like and and light their stuff and get audio and all that stuff going. That took all my time before I was even able to focus on the edit of Black Hole. Uh, just coordinating the uh, the pandemic was hard. Uh, once we finally got into it, sure things were moving, but then you're dealing with other people having to deal with the with the pandemic. So it took a long time. To- and, and we're forgetting now, but remember the stress that of if you had we're getting trying to get ten friends together outdoors in the backyard, oh, and each person had their own level of comfort. Yes, yeah, everyone because because it's a very personal thing yeah. how you feel about right. And then being uh, wildly sick. One of the weird. <laughs> one of the like, it, it's it's um, unfortunate that a lot of people were like. You know what? It's actually, I take that back. It's not unfortunate because what I love about this uh, is that I've had many people come to me and tell me, wow, I got this thing out of it. I didn't even know that you were trying to say that thing out of it. One person was like, this is, you know, I, you know, I cried because I was dealing with my anxiety. And the other person was like, oh, this is definitely like a movie about the pandemic and, and about, so I was like, no, not even a little bit, like (laughs) not even close. Years before. Right. And I was just like, there's no, not at all. Um, and so coming out of it, it's cool that someone might be able to find their own thing out of it. And this is what I was saying before, where it's like, I thought I knew what, what this thing was and what I was saying, but it, I wasn't saying one thing, I don't think, nor does it represent one thing. It's, it really is a, an internal 
like, you know, if the black hole is anything, it's your interpretation of what that, that thing is. And you take that, you take that home with you. That's not for me to decide. You know, I'm not here to tell you that it's about, you know, in, you know, feeling bad about yourself or, or, uh, sad or whatever it may be. It's, that's a you thing that you can take. And if you can apply that to something that you've been feeling and apply the, the sort of lesson out of it, that's great. That's what, I, that's all I want out of that movie. Um, also I want you to laugh. Uh, so there's that part of it too. So it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then there's, there's a thing about the beauty of life too, and the beauty of, of this universe. So. Just existing is a miracle in and of itself. And, and it really is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. And that's, so that's part of that, that monologue that happens in there where he's just like, I saw everything. And the concept for me at least was like, it's a fucking miracle. You're even here to feel sad in the first place. That's awesome. You should, that's cool. Like, that you know, we know that the universe is mostly empty, and that old you know, what's that, that? this hand? Yeah, if you got small enough, there's space in between all the carbon atoms. Yes, like there's space. Yeah, we're not solid. No, we could. We, I mean, that's what's keeping us from like f- floating through the walls or whatever. And the the concept that like you exist, not only that you exist, but you know you exist. You know you die. And somebody, I forget who, who to attribute the quote to, but they said the, that humans and people and life is the universe experiencing itself, understanding it, seeing itself. And I think that that, that sentiment is awesome because it's true. We are, if we're made of stardust and, and a sun exploded somewhere and all those elements came together and created whatever we are, then we are of the stardust and therefore we are the actual universe and we're looking outward and, and saying, whoa, that's happening. So it's cool you can do that. Because I tell you what, a cat can't do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, a firefly can't do that. Or maybe they can, we just don't know it. But ultimately, it's cool. Yeah, we would have we to know what consciousness actually is. Exactly. It's, and so when he's going through that, I think that that's what's happening is when he says that, you know, he was alone and he's sad and he's upset, but then he sees all of that, that stuff happen. And that's to me just like, that's it. That's, that is the silver lining. That's, that's a, that's coming to a conclusion on something in the universe uh, that you were even there for the journey to begin with all your plans, all the things you've ever wanted to do, they may not happen and that's okay. Because you were here to be a part of it anyway, and that's rad to me. I just like that's what I that's what I take out of the movie personally. But, Absolutely, you know, Absolutely. But, so, yeah, it'd be awesome if they uh, if you got plucked to be the, the next showrunner of Doctor Who down the line. Because <laughs> that's, that's, be that's the kind of thinking. Yeah. Do you? I guess you do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's about the Brits in sci-fi, but yeah. So are you? Have you? Do you write all the time? You have a nine o'clock, nine uh, o'clock. thing, so be honest with you, you write every night. No, I don't. Um, but I, you come close. Or it's an you, idea you to try. say I'm still doing. Hey, sh- shut up and do the thing. You know, even if you're not doing it tonight, um, I forget. Clearly, I forget to turn it off. Um, I try to write as much as I can. Um, life is hard. Life, you know, gets in you know gets in the way. Not in you got you got a wife. You got a dog. You got you got a job. Yeah, got to do it all. And a then, career. Um, yeah. Well, you know. Um, and then, uh, so I try, I'm writing two features right now. I might be working on a third. I wrote a feature. I'm working on the second draft. I'm writing another feature. Um, I have not quite done a first feature film as a director yet. I've produced a feature film or two. Um, certainly I've worked on a ton of them, but, um, I've never finished 
until last year, I had not finished a screenplay, and up to this point, I have not directed a feature film. But I think I, I, it's time. You know, I'm ready. It's I put in the good the good work, and I've got all the friends, and I've got all the X, Y, and Zs. It's just time to go and, and make that. So I've been working on. I wrote, right. and, and why make a great eight minute film and then follow it up with a great fifteen and then a great right. thirty? Why not just either do eight again or go to go to ninety to a hundred? Exactly, and I think that that's where I'm at right now. I'm more than happy to do another short film. I'm ready to do. I have one in, in mind. I, I would like to do, or might turn into a feature now at this point in time because I like the title too much. Um, but uh, the the thing is, I wrote. Yeah, so last year I wrote um, about alcoholism, actually, and I was, I'm not, I don't think I'm an alcoholic uh, in any way, but I was having, like, more drinks than I should have, uh, especially during the pandemic. So I wrote something that based on, like, how I felt and self-consciously about it, but I, but we were talking about the alcoholism and how I don't think movies get that right. So um, I wrote a version of it that I think might be sort of more truthful uh, and honest about how that works, but then it is also a... The soft pitch is that it's about a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a geneticist or whatever who um, gets kidnapped by a cult and is, uh, he's like an atheist and he's told to either uh, sober up and, um, uh, and clone this cult's very real interdimensional god or be fed to it. Um, and then he has to survive uh, not just uh, withdrawals but, but also this, this cult and the beast and so on and so forth. It's really fun. Dumb. Uh, not dumb, but like really fun, but also like a $15 million plus movie. I could never make that movie. So I'm working on a ghost story right now, which is dealing with, you know. Right. So that you let your imagination run wild and yeah. you just wrote, you were true to the idea. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, I got to write one that's. That I can do. That I can bite. Yeah. yeah. Something I can chew. Yeah. So I'm, I'm writing one. My, um, my grandfather just passed away and uh, I was writing this before he passed, but certainly going through a lot of that stuff right now. And um, we were, he was effectively my father. Um, and so I'm writing a, sorry to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Got a lot of, it's well familiar with grief. Yeah. Well, that's, that is older we get, the more that's, that's why people change as they age because you you learn what loss is. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm writing a feature on, and he didn't die of Alzheimer's. He, he, um, he passed of cancer, but I'm writing a feature about, uh, a man who, a, a house flipper who buys a house, turns out that it's, it's haunted. And then, uh, he, and, (laughs) <laughs> and then he ends up sort of communicating with the ghost through music. And then that, while simultaneously he is dealing with his father who is dying of Alzheimer's simultaneously. And it's sort of like one, one informs the other, you know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's a story I'm working on. Um, I don't know where that budget might be. It might be in the 1.5 mil range. If I, if I did it right, you know what I mean? I could do it for cheaper. Sure. But uh, who knows? And so now I'm like, Maybe I should write one more just to get it a smaller, even smaller one. I have a friend in Zion who I could probably get like a Utah incentive and then shoot a movie out in the woods. And currently I have a very close friend of mine who has stage four cancer and um, he's probably not going to make it. And so I'm dealing with a lot of that kind of whatever that is right now, that grief, that that uh, anxiety that's coming along with that. And I've had this story long before I found out about this, but it is about somebody who is passing and has to sort of handle their own death um, and how do they handle an oncoming death. And so they sort of decide to do one last trip out by themselves in the woods and then they, and then a friend finds them and they, they sort of connect. I think it might, I may switch up the perspective, but it's a movie I could shoot very easy, very small. 
passionate, that kind of a thing. So it's and and it's know. a it's a universally human story. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, we all have to come to the conclusion of it. it's how you handle it when it comes to you. Is uh, it you know if you have the even the time to figure out if it's coming to you, you know. So it's a it's an interesting and how do you know the other side of it is how do you the people in that circle deal with it themselves and how does that reflect upon us you know so that's a because death affects the living as you pointed out right. the person when we die we our consciousness may just go out like a light yeah and and there's no sadness or sorrow for us it's everyone who remains yeah exactly and the nice thing is that if you do like if you read up about like near-death experiences our brains do a very good job of making us feel comfortable as we pass away if it's if it's real or not, it doesn't matter. Our brains are, you know, our brains are going, hey, it's okay. We're good. You know, we're fine. Sleepy time. <laughs> like, go, that go, alone is yeah. such a crazy concept. Isn't that, that wild? That it's just yeah. so wild. Well, that, there's these uh, people who, like, they'll die, and then they will come back, and they'll say, one guy I saw a video of, and he was like, I died. And, um, and I'll tell you what, the hardest thing was coming back to life and being alive and, and not being dead. And he's like, it's not that I don't want to be alive anymore. It's just that it was so peaceful. It was so nice being where I was that I'm no longer afraid to go there. And I was like, that's, that's a cool idea. That's a really cool idea. So I'm playing with some stuff right now. I so. used to totally think that way. I used to think maybe in college that, that just being in a human body was so in, <laughs> I once had a piece of glass wedged in my foot oh my God. for my roommate's college graduation. I had to Holy walk God. for a whole weekend. Every step, Ooh. every other step hurt. And then it finally came out. And the removal of that pain was the greatest pleasure I ever felt. Yeah. And that made me think about alcohol and drugs mm. and that maybe it just hurts to be in this body. And then when you numb, that's the euphoria is not... A pleasure, it's the removal of the pain. Yeah. Yeah, it could vary. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. Could be the case. And makes me, yeah, makes me very much wonder if... Yeah. if uh, I'm fascinated by the journey. I'm fascinated by the by the, the end-of-life journey. I've been noodling on a concept of, like, the, the journey of the afterlife without the concept of, like, religion, I guess. And there's something really fun about, like, if it's in the brain, it doesn't matter. It, once again, it's, it's your journey regardless. If it feels real to you, it's happening, that kind of a thing. You know, as long as you're not lying and hurting other people. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, well, and perception. Yes, it's very. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> can't even. I can't. We can't even go go near the that's perception a thing. That's a whole because other that's thing. you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I think well, I think we should wrap it up. We should wrap it up. Yeah. We should wrap it. I'm up. Sorry, for, I told you I was going to rant. No, and yeah. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed every second. Great. So, do you want to name social media and websites? Or yeah, um, you know, I, I have a website. It really needs a it needs a amp it needs a ramping up. It doesn't have all of even my best stuff on there, but it is just jamieparslow.com. You can just go to go to there. Um, I've got patch on there. I've got uh, black hole on there. I've got a bunch of my old skits and and things like that. I do. You know, I used to do a lot of um like I did, yeah, like I said, I did a lot of the loot crate stuff, but I also did like sketch comedy and like and you, you left know. the sketch comedy out. Yeah, but it, but it's it's well explained. It's certainly there oh, because yeah. because yeah, the person who made black hole has a sense of humor. You got to flex that muscle. You gotta you gotta do that. Um, there's that. Uh, you can follow me on my Instagram J A Pars. Uh, and I guess you can follow me on Twitter. I'm not, I'm active, but not like super active on, uh, it's just Jamie films. And then, uh, you know, we got the new guy. Uh, we got the, what's the new one? That's uh, threads. Threads. Uh, that's J that's also J a pars. I'm trying to get more active in it. It's, 
you know, it's a slow roll. I'm one of those people who lasted a day or two. <laughs> and I was like, I don't see anything. Mm, yeah. And no. no one's commenting back. So yeah. I don't know. But I couldn't figure out Twitter either. Yeah. The, you know, Twitter is whatever it's turning into now. But uh, it, the nice thing that, that it had is it had a search program. If you were into like content, you could like, you know, you could find other people in that, in that realm. I love screenwriting Twitter. That was great. Filmmaking Twitter is great. I'm sad to see it sort of, you know, do whatever it's doing now. But I, w- I hope Threads gets there, you know. That's, that would be a great replacement because I can't do it on Facebook, you know. Um, which is a, that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah. I find that Facebook is best, uh, Facebook and Instagram are best for rabbit photos and videos. Oh, yeah. And almost nothing else. Well, Facebook's really great, surprisingly, still for filmmaking. You because resources, people have resources. Oh, to communicate and say, "I does anyone know yeah. or does anyone have?" Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, That's true. It's still it is, and it is actually really the funny thing. I'll add one last thing <laughs> that I find amusing is is because of my age, our my twenty year high school reunion was really nice. We saw I saw a bunch of people I hadn't seen for twenty years, mm-hmm. and it was right around when Facebook was hitting. Oh, and we yeah. all we all became Facebook friends. Never again. And then ten years later, the thirtieth reunion was like, "Yeah, I've seen you on Facebook for the last <laughs> ten years. Like, I know that your daughter is fourteen and your right. son left for college, and whatever. Don't need to talk to you. That was that's, like you share everything. Like, <laughs> like Facebook killed the high school. It reunion. did. It did. My ten year reunion, I didn't go to because everybody was like, "Yeah, we already we already know this. We don't need this anymore. Yeah, it's Very really funny. kind of uh, yeah, I think, shitty. I think my 20th is coming up in like a year and a half or something like that. I don't think it's going to... I don't think we're going to do anything. It's going to be interesting. Dude, I'm, my 40th is... <laughs> well, it's not that soon. Three years. Sure. Yeah. Well, three years goes fast, It though. goes fast. Yeah. I freaked out everyone at the uh, 30th when I said, you know, we're all getting close to 50. You know the next one? We're going to be turning 60. Ooh. And everyone looked at me and like, you better shut so your fucking mouth, you awful, <laughs> you awful person. <laughs> like, we will be 60. Oh, my God. You look great. I, genuinely. I'm uh, jealous. I wish. Uh, I'm not going to get There's something age. about a shaved head that no one can uh, guess your age. Oh, yeah. That's true. I got the grays down here in the beard area. Yeah, like a, yeah I'm getting that. My, so. When my beard gets long, it's, it's, it's Santa Clausy. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I kind of embrace the grays. I like the grays. It's kind of fun. Yeah. A little aged up. I have a young voice, so like... There I'm, are... Two things I have a hard time respecting: uh, people who dye gray hair. Ooh, because yeah. I like gray hair. You should you just bring it in. Gender free, gen- gender neutral. I just embrace gray Love hair it. all day long. And uh, yeah. and and toupees, like like or or Own it, hair man. plugs and stuff. I'm like, you I know. I can understand the hair, the new hair plug. I can understand the new whatever the surgery version of that is a little bit because it actually works from what I hear. But yes, yeah. But there, but, you some, know, I, I I embrace the Larry David point of view. Yeah. It's like if you can be if you can be a confident bald man, and that's it. Then you've won confidence, no matter which way you go. Yeah, that's the idea. So yeah, um, hey, I had my testosterone was too high. Sue me. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's such a humble, humble, masculine brag. All right. So <laughs> I will, I promise to have links to all of Jamie's 
all those social media things yeah. and the website, but jamieparslow.com is something people should be able to type. There's oh, no, it's hard to type your name wrong, right? It's hard to misspell I have it. to imagine. Oh, unless you spell it Jaime. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, and, or if you put an E, it's P-R-S-L-O-W. There's yeah. no, it's not parse like parse things apart with an E yeah, at the end. Right. I yeah. guess someone could stick an E where it doesn't belong. To par slowly. If you were playing golf, you would par oh. very slowly. I guess. I don't know. I got par but in slow. a slow way. Yeah. I like it. I, like uh, it. I guess. I think it's a weird... It's not even supposed to be my last name in all reality, but it's a whole, that's a whole other story somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I know. I never, I never ask people like what their origins are, mm. like, like uh, where, where, what old country do you come from? Oh, Cause, right, yeah. Because I'm assuming you're not indigenous to North America. Uh, me, personally, no. My great... My great great grandmother was. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. I knew her till she was about ninety three. I was eleven when she passed. We we're young. This family, other than, uh, up till me, we we were going fast. So, <laughs> fair enough. All right. Well, let me get us out of here sure. with with my quick wrap up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Jamie, for coming in. This is the Discover Indie Film Podcast. If you want to learn about it or the TV series that was born from it, just go to discoverindiefilm.com. That TV series is on Amazon Prime Video. So if you want to support indie filmmakers, just go to Amazon Prime Video, hopefully on a big-ass TV, because you should not watch films on a phone. But I realize a young generation just thinks I'm crazy. But anyhow, so if you just type in Discovery Indie Film, it auto-completes. Uh, currently, there's seven seasons. Just short films handpicked from the festival circuit. You should certainly check out Dust on YouTube, and, and that's where you can see Black Hole, but we'll have a link to it. Jamie said kind words. I think about Film Invasion Los Angeles. We hold that festival every June. Please go. You can learn more. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You can learn more. And we've moved to fancier theater. Oh, I don't know if, I, if I told like you that. intimate that. setting. It's Isn't that a great nice. intimate? Yeah, great. We have the same intimate vibe, but we've got DCP and leather recliners. Oh, nice. Okay, great. I mean, you know, it, uh, there's an entry a barrier. I appreciate entry. that you were not uh, mad about the venue. No. Oh, my God. Cool, it was great. Cool. Oh, I was so happy to have it like that. It was great. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, so that's every June, FilmInvasionLA.com, and it's at FilmInvasionLA on social media. The Sister Festival is the Sherman Oaks Film Festival that we hold every November. So that's ShermanOaksFF.com and at ShermanOaksFF on social media. And the last thing I'll mention is, because I have no respect for my personal time for shits and giggles, I did something called TV High. You just go to WatchTVHigh.com, learn what it is. Mostly just wonderful indie films, some stand-up comedy, some vintage cinema, like Nosferatu and stuff that's public domain. And just, it's uh, it's a streaming service, smart TV app on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Android TV, Apple TV, iPhone, Android Mobile. Just download the app TVHI and uh, see if you like it. It's all really good shit. Jamie, thank you again. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>